Welcome to the Conscious Fire Culture. We give you direct access to healers, practitioners, and shamans as we explore alternative medicine for wildland firefighters. The mission is to break the stigma of mental health in wildland fire and lower the suicide rates. Our intention is to guide you through a transformation that creates a ripple effect in our community. Welcome, I'm so excited you've made it. All right, check this out. Mountain Mind Tricks and the Wildland Wellness Foundation are coming together for this amazing collaboration. This is going to be the most powerful thing to come to the wildland fire community in a long time, I think. And that is, you know, master plant ceremonies mixed with holistic medicine, with acupuncture, chiropractors, the breakthrough session, all these things coming into one to support you, the wildland firefighter, to help you regain your mental health, your physical health, and get back to peak performance as soon as possible. Because when we work with master plants and essential oils and acupuncture and chiropractic and mental emotion release, when we put all these together, it is a powerful transformational experience that really it's it's beyond words because once you're touched by the divine once you're in touch with that healing energy of the universe with that innate power for you to heal yourself there's no stopping it it's like a runaway train it's like you're gonna start healing you're gonna have a transformation that has this ripple effect that goes beyond just you and your family but to your crew to your fire station to your you know your workstation to your forest, to your region, to the community. And really what we want to do is, is give you the most amazing ceremonial experience and back that up with the integration. How do you take those experiences and come back to 3D reality and implement them? Implement those lessons, those realizations that are so deep and profound that your entire life changes. How do you integrate those? You know, one of my great mentors once told me, it's like, you get a puzzle and all the pieces are all spread out but then you get to start putting that puzzle back together into a new way a new possibility a new way of being and that's that's what the foundation is working on you know the first retreat is the end of january of 2022 and if that's interesting to you i want you to go to the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com check that out and just schedule a call with melissa and See if it's a good fit. Again, that's wildlandwellnessfoundation.com. The foundation of Mountain Mind Tricks is the breakthrough sessions for wildland firefighters. And it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my entire life is to guide somebody through an awakening experience, remembering that they have the power to heal and giving them the tools to release the anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt from their past, and to truly release it, to let it go. And when I see these transformations in my clients, it's like night and day. There's before the breakthrough session, and then there's after. And there's just so many times that their transformation touches me that I, I cry. Like it, it's so powerful and joyful to see that transformation inside them. And and there's there's so many modalities out there. There is acupuncture and traditional therapy and plant medicine. And but I love the breakthrough session. I think it's an amazing adjunct to all these other things or even Western medicine. And the breakthrough session is so important to me because it's what changed my life. 
It's what allowed me to completely let go of my anxiety and to move forward and to become the healer that I am today, to start my own company, Mountain Mind Tricks. Like that's that's because of the breakthrough session. Without that, there wouldn't be any of this. And so if you're interested in a breakthrough session to really overcome the blocks in your life, to let it all go, to really step into your light and be who you know you could be, if you want that to happen for you, just go to mountainmindtricks.com, go ahead and click that button, alternative mental health, scroll through there. If it looks like something you want, let's, let's schedule a discovery session. Let's just chat about it. Let's have a talk to make sure it's a good fit. So again, go to mountainmindtricks.com and click the alternative mental health button. At Mountain Mind Tricks, we have a brand new program called Backcountry Breakthroughs. And it's all about adventure, going deep into the mountains and the wilderness and finding that adventure without the helicopters, without the chainsaws, and just going out there to find who you are. We also focus on challenging, challenging ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, challenging you on all levels so you can break through the traumas or what's really holding you back in life. And then we focus on sacred energy, connecting with nature in the most sacred way like the ancestors did. Connecting with that sacred energy in that highest self so you can begin a healing process while you're out there. But the most important part about the backcountry breakthroughs is that I give you the tools to go forward in life and begin healing every single day on your own. So it's kind of like a breakthrough session in the wilderness, but it's so much deeper. It's so much bigger. We have trips from three days to five days, all the way up to 30 days, just depending on how much work you want to do in the wilderness, how much time you have. So if this sounds interesting, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com slash backcountrybreakthroughs. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com slash backcountrybreakthroughs. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I'm so excited to have Ben Strawn back on the show. This is so awesome. And uh, Ben, like, thank you so much. I want to hear everything about the retreat, about how life has been since the retreat and just all the knowledge that I know is just pouring into you. And please, please share just that knowledge, the wisdom that's coming still. And, and how has life been since retreat, brother? Uh, first off, thanks for having me. It's pretty, pretty cool. I was thinking about this today. Like the first time we were on, like we, we just like kind of scratched the surface of like my experiences with, uh, plant medicines and ceremony and stuff like this. And it was the first time I had ever spoke about it kind of on a platform like this. So, and, uh, I gotta say there was like nerves around it a little bit when you first kind of do something, you, you talk about that kind of a thing. I found myself being vulnerable and I'm like, whoa, this is really kind of interesting. I've felt really, really vulnerable in a long time. And, uh, it really like opened and cracked the shell open for me to step into that space further and, uh, be able to share some of these things because it's not just going into the jungle and doing psychedelics with your friends and going on a trip. You know, like there's so many lessons that came from the experience that 
have pivoted my life again into a positive direction. And uh, how I'm doing now is really good. Really, really good. Dude, that's amazing to hear it. And, and I'm so excited for this. And I think, you know, we had Roger come on and we went like blow by blow, step by step of the whole retreat. So, you know, we can definitely do that again from your perspective. But I think, I think um, there's some, there's some key points I want to hit with the retreat, but really like my first question is, I know you've been to other retreats before, like how would this one compare to the other ones or other plant medicine experiences you've had? And and like, what was kind of the difference? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, right, I mean, right to answer the question just right away, like this experience was, um, I've, everybody who's asked me this question, like, how was your trip? I have said that uh, I, it's really hard to articulate the words. I don't, we don't really have words in existence to, uh, really define how special it was um and really the, the best way that i can compare the situ the, the experience to is i say it was easily within the top five most beautiful amazing emotionally charging things i've ever done in my life compared to meeting my wife for the first time and having my two kids like it's number four or five and so how it compares to the other, and I could probably, I probably could have said that about the other times I've done ayahuasca or uh, psilocybin ceremonies. Um, but the set and setting with this particular experience in Mexico um, with the Wildland uh, Wellness Foundation was like, it was the true, it was just like, it was, witnessing when you see someone who's a true professional at what they do it's just like wow like it's so impressive and it's not to take away from the other ceremonies i've been a part of the practitioners there they're also doing very important work and no doubt have helped a ton of people they for sure have helped me but this was like it was you know at one point i thought i was a really good runner you know ultra endurance athlete and then you get next to somebody who's like a pro ultra endurance athlete and, you know, they're knocking off like six minute miles for 50 miles. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was just unbelievable. Like that, I kind of placed these people in that category, you know, the shamans, the, the place we did it at, like Melissa setting it up, like you being there, like the participants bringing their energy to the experience. Like it was just like on a, on a level of professionalism that was just unmatched. Um, and uh, many, many times during the experience, I caught myself just taking it in and just like, just in awe of everything happening around me, just like so, so special. Oh my gosh. I'm just getting chills, man. Just like really the retreat, some of the images, some of the memories coming back. And it's just so big. Like you said, there's, there's literally, there's just no words like, and I think that was something I kept saying when I got home was like, I'm just speechless. And, and, you know, it's so funny because there's, you know, of course we run into people in our life uh, that maybe aren't as open. And I've had a couple of people ask me lately, like, Oh, how was your Mexico trip? And it was just like, I think that what I said was it was life altering. And I just left it at that because I, like, I, I can't explain to that person exactly what happened because it's so, 
they're kind of not open, right? Open to the, what really happened was like, yeah, we went through some shit together. And I like personally, like man, brother, like as a supporter, like my life changed, like, oh my God, it was so big. And, um, you know, and that was of course our supporter ceremony, but even during like your ceremony, the, the, the participants, like there's just so big, so big. Um, and so I really want to like, what are some of the lessons or wisdoms that have been pouring through maybe from ceremony, but what are some things that you've been like carrying forward or, or that you want to share? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, oh, there's so, so fucking many of them. Um, what was so great about, uh, you know, listening to Roger's experience was that it was like part of the integration, right? Like, being able to hear you guys talk about the retreat again kind of almost in a play-by-play was like reminding me of these different things that happened you know what I mean um really like I kind of want to I kind of want to talk about it step by step because there's there's like this for me personally what happened to me was a transformation but the transformation was like over the course of like the, the four or five days we were there, like, or actually maybe even further than that. Like the first time I talked to Melissa on the phone during fire season and she's like, Hey, I got this idea. And I'm like, yes, you have to do this. Like, I've been thinking about this you're in the right spot. This is time. Let's do this. And, uh, and, and committing to that in the summertime, like trying to help out with whatever I could, you know, and then, you know, uh, so I, if it's cool with you, I just kind of want to run through the, the steps a little bit because at the end there is, I promise I will tie this back in and with a nice little neat little bow on it for folks to kind of understand if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think because there's, I think you're right because there's so much like the experience is so visceral. I think we have to break it down to even begin to talk about it. Cause it's just so it's hard, man. It's so hard to talk about what happened. And I guess for me, like the, I guess we'll start with like the welcome ceremony. Like the second you walked in, what was your impression? And I know me and Roger talked about it, but it was like, Dude, I felt like uh, I felt like I was boiling before you guys showed up. Like I just felt like I was boiling with love. Like my molecules were so excited for you guys to show up. And it was so intense. And when I saw you, it was just like I was crying immediately, like immediate. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up, dude. Uh, well, I'm going to take it one step further back because uh, when, when all this was going down, like I was, it was calling me, you know what I mean? There was a fucking reason Melissa called me out of the blue. Like I didn't, I've never talked to her. I mean, I, I knew her, I met her once a long time ago when she's doing stuff with further the forest service still in the Academy and shit. But I was like, I hadn't talked to her forever and she just randomly reached out. Right. And so, um, I'm chatting with her about this stuff and there was like, uh, man, it's really hard to talk about this without sounding woo-woo or whatever, but there's just that like cosmic connection you have with somebody. Like it just, boom. And we're speaking the same language, you know? And it's like, boom, 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 boom. And everything's just making sense. Like we're finishing each other's sentences. There's no explanation we have to do. It's just happening. And she's pitching me this idea and it's all good. And, and I'm like, okay, man, like I, I have a calling. Like I, I'm finally doing the thing that I'm really passionate about. I'm super stoked about this. 
but there was like something pulling me to Mexico as well. And I just couldn't put my finger on it. I, I didn't understand what it was. I couldn't tell exactly what, it, what was calling me there besides the fact that I, I knew that plant medicine through ceremony was really powerful. It could help a ton of people and, and all that kind of stuff. But it happened when I got picked up from the airport and we were driving over to pick up the rest of the participants and uh, Melissa Parks in this alley and the participants that were staying at her residence come walking down this long alley and I'm looking down this alley and I see my homie Roger and I'm like what the fuck like Roger's here and like I had and Roger and I have been friends for a while when we worked on the same forest I worked on the helicopter with them like uh, he talked about his experience with down layered which we'll get to that too because we had a, we shared a pretty emotional experience with that and uh, do just like full power moment for myself. I got super excited. I was like, hell yeah, Roger's here. I had no idea. And I just realized, I was like, that's why I'm here. I was here for him and for everybody else and myself, but I just had this connection. Like I had to be here for her to help him, whatever, whatever he was going through. That's emotional. That's emotional. I'm happy, happy, yeah. very happy. Yeah. Oh man. I love how emotional you're getting already because it is that powerful for us. Like, thank you. Thank you. Please. If you got to cry, man, I'm here for you. Like we're all here. We want to hear a Hashatsu cry. Like, hell yes. Right. But it's, it's actually crying in joy. And me and Roger talked about that, right? Like that's like Roger said, it's, it's real. Crying in joy is real. And I think that was like a big thing. So, so please continue, man. Like um, um, wherever you want to go, you know, if you're ready for the welcome ceremony, if you have some more steps to go through, but yeah, please continue. No, I, I just wanted to express that because it was very powerful for me. And dude, I'm, I'm not afraid of crying at all, man, anymore. Like uh, emotions are good and we should let them come up and observe them. So and happy is the only thing I can say that came out of this experience. So, uh, so yeah, we get to the welcome ceremony and really awesome, dude. Honestly, like I'm, I'm fucking pumped, you know, like I'm talking to the participants, you know, like I, with, I have, I have experience with ceremony and plant medicines. Like, uh, I wouldn't say a ton of experience, but I have a fair amount of experience. Like I've done ayahuasca a handful of times. I've done psilocybin ceremonies a handful of times. I've had good experiences with DMT and, and different things like this are all, all in the ceremonial stance for personal growth. And, you know, you, you meet these participants coming in and you see what they look like. You see the suffering that they have on their face and it's just, and it's just tangible and it's thick and they, and they wear it like, like, like wet clothes, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just pulling them down and I'm sitting there and I'm seeing this on them and I'm smiling. I'm looking him in the eyes and I'm smiling at him. I'm, I'm like, you, you're in the right place. You, you've come to the right place. Like we're, we're going to be here and I'm just watching them. And even, even when I am expressing encouragement and smiling at them, you know, uh, it's, it's, I think in their minds, potentially what I was seeing was, you know, it's like a, there's the a, a doubt, like, you know, so, but anyways, we get to the front door of this beautiful place that uh, Melissa had found for us to have the ceremony and 
the doors open and right away you guys are all all the the guardians in the classic sense of what they've been called but practitioners really is what everybody is they're there to greet you and I didn't know I was just super happy to be there because I've done so much work I'm very I'm a very happy guy anyways so I see I see you and I go running up to you uh, kind of sort of and I'm like hey what's up brother and you just sort of like didn't say anything. I was like, Oh, I understand. <laughs> We're being quiet now. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty hilarious. Uh, and just, you know, just funny life shit, you know, and you guys had set up this beautiful, the entryway is very, very extract, not extravagant, but it's big and it's got these archways and there's, you know, the Hispanic type of coloring, like pastelis and you kind of enter this thing. So it's got the very welcoming, like you're almost entering like a palace and you come into this giant courtyard and, and uh, you guys have kind of set up this like uh, like a like a walkway to uh, where the ceremony is going to be held, like where the altar's at in the fire ring. And oh, sorry, and uh, and so one by one, you're taking each individual and you're walking them, uh, kind of like the like uh, like the bride gets marched down with their dad to be given to a groom during their wedding day and you're delivering them you walk down to the shaman and they find your sh your seat and you sit down on on a chair and danny who in the classic sense people would call a shaman even though he's i don't think very i don't think he defines himself as that i don't think he's i think he's indifferent to it being good or bad but i think he's 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 another practitioner but he is a professional straight up in every sense of the word and the connection he was making with the participants was insane like very slowly methodically we're sitting in a circle around two uh rings of rock river rock six to eight inch size and uh one in the center that contains the fire like a fire ring and then one maybe three foot off of that uh with another rock ring right and the significance of this comes later but we're sitting in chairs around this there's eight of us and the altar is uh uh at one end of the ring so there's no one sitting at the altar so the altar and then everybody around the edges and um so anyways he's washing everybody's feet and I'm watching him do this and I'm maybe fourth in line or whatever. Uh, and he's going around and as he's, he's slowly taking the shoe off, he's dumping the water on, he's patting the feet off. He puts, I think some kind of like oil or something on there. It looked like some sort of oil, maybe some sort of um, cleansing type of thing anyways. And then he, he kisses your foot and like, very slowly like looks you deep into your eyes but he's not looking in your eyes he's looking into your fucking soul like he is assessing your inner person and and what you brought like he, he's uh very much becoming attached to uh your suffering so that he can help you in the best way and he's trying to understand what that is, you know, and it was, it reminded me of like Jesus cross, Jesus Christ being nailed to the cross, 
and people coming and kissing his feet as he was being, as he was nailed to the cross, you know, and like, it resembled that to me, like he's, he's coming to pay homage to you. He's, he is, he is committing and, um, and dedicating his service to you in that moment. And, uh, and that was a, a, so beautiful. And, you know, so that happens. Um, and all the other practitioners are doing great things. Everybody's helping, uh, uh, my buddy, Eddie, and other practitioners giving massages to people, trying to get people to loosen up and relax and kind of be in the moment. It's very emotional for some folks. Uh, some folks were crying right away and awesome, right? The release is happening, right? I think this is great. Um, I was just overwhelmed with just happiness. I was just like, this is so cool. Like, I, I love this. Like in past ceremonies that I've done, it hasn't been so ceremonial. It, this was very ceremonial. Like there was a plan. Like there was, this was going, this, this was happening, right? The plan changes to the need, but it was, uh, it would just felt ancient. Like the things that were happening have, been, have happened for thousands of years. And there was a reason why, because it works. And I was just awesome. It was so cool to be a part of that, you know? And so, uh, uh after that i think what i remember is we laid down on some mats um that that were that were there kind of like if you were thinking about this looking at it from a bird's eye you got you're looking at the rings and the mats are placed like a kid draws a sun and then draws the beams of light coming off the edges of the sun you know for the people who are listening um so the mats were kind of placed in that kind of fashion so they're like the the rays of light coming off the this the sun or the rings there and we laid down and we kind of did this, like, uh, we did a ton of meditation um, and we did some like Wim Hoffy style breathing, I think. And dude, I'd never done breathing exercises quite like that uh, to that extent. And I like right away blasted off like full on like um, DMT dump in my brain, like white light everything whitewashed in my head bright light really embracing energy in my body tingling in my arms you know like but but like uh and then like uh just the the visual connection with love the reminder of love like this is why we're here love 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 all this kind of cool stuff so and then uh i remember him sitting us up and what was really cool about the whole experience between every ceremony every so we showed up on was it thursday or friday do you remember i can't remember now. Mm, i can't remember the actual day but yeah it was kind of like it was almost like that was almost like day zero just because everybody was um showing up that gosh i think you know it was like three four or five o'clock in the evening so it's kind of like day zero actually in my mind okay yeah yeah we'll call it day zero that makes that'll help me for counting purposes so uh yeah like day zero but we i mean it was like you're in you're going for it like but it was all about the embrace and the welcoming aspect to it and like you're here now and and the thing that was it wasn't just what was so special about this trip is it wasn't about just taking plant medicine you know what i mean it was the connections and the bonds and the integration and the conversations and like it was just done very well. Like it was like, this song is what this means. It's the different prayers that were said, the meaning behind the prayers, the philosophical discussions that we got into pre and post 
ceremony. And so it all led by Danny, the, the professional practitioner, I will call him. And so like he, he sat there at the end of day zero and just welcomed us. And he, he told us what to expect. And we went around and shared the reasons why we were here um and uh and just really started to the integration work like right away um and and uh and intention work as well like right away like there was it was like it's like if you fall fall on the floor and you're like oh crap i hurt myself and someone just barely, gently leans over and just puts their hand out and gently picks you up and keeps walking you the direction you need to go very gracefully that's what the experience was like like there was with the with the people who are the practitioners like nothing was forced nothing was like angry nothing was abrasive it was gentle and and guiding like i'm here to take you where you need to go yeah man i think it was all oh, so gentle and i think that was one of the most beautiful things throughout the whole process was how gentle even the medicine was i would say maybe combo maybe wasn't so gentle for some people but like everything else and and i think i want to go back to some of the things you said like the faces i remember the faces so clearly of like you said like the suffering was so deep and the looks in people's eyes were like like i think there is terror in some people's faces like okay are we drinking ayahuasca right now like i'm kind of confused like that that was there but it was also like this, like, so the suffering was so deep. Like they had been wearing that face for so long. It was like ingrained. And what was, I think the most powerful thing of everything we're going to get there is like how the faces changed. Right. Oh my God. It was so big. And, and, um, something that Danny said to me multiple times. And, and I think I saw him more than once is like, I think, think this is the first holy man I've ever witnessed and that's the only way I can describe Danny is like that dude is like a samadhi like a Jesus like a Buddha like mother Mary it doesn't matter he's holy like homeboy's been to God and back <laughs> multiple times right but what he kept saying is like when I'm serving I'm dying I'm giving 100% of myself and you saw that right and it's so like inspiring to see that and and to really give yourself 100%, like that's, that's the level of this retreat of this support group, right? Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like straight up. I, I remember a few times just being in straight up awe of, of Danny, um, for sure. And just being like, <laughs> what the fuck like how the how did we get so how i mean grateful grateful that this dude exists like just he said so many things uh specifically to me that were just very helpful but also just like to the group that i you know things that i had forgotten because you know it's it's interesting because like you do these uh, uh you can do these plant medicines and like your your whole world blows up sometimes and you kind of like you have these like beautiful epiphanies and these insights. And if you don't integrate it and practice it all the time and find a way to just make it work in your life every day, like it kind of like, it kind of simmers away, it kind of fades away a little bit. And you're looking at Danny and like, dude, this stuff's like him. 
he's like in he, it is like in him and like when he speaks you can see he says these things that were like reminders like constant like all these reminders of lessons i've learned in the past I'm like holy shit like i just want to spend more time with this dude man because it's like it, it seemed very healthy but at the same time like that's not who he is he's not like this uh he's not this guy who's like trying to gain followers and like you know he's walking the path and he's he's helping people walk their path but he's not like he's not trying to be a figurehead you know what i mean he's just trying to deliver truth to people and i think that is one of the things that makes him so special is that he's not trying to do this for he's not making money you know he's not he's not he's not collecting a paycheck he's traveling around and just delivering truth to people who are ready to fucking get it dude <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. So true. So true, man. And, and so I think something that came up like during that welcoming ceremony and like the sharing part is I, in, in, you know, what was so interesting is that I think almost every single person, maybe it was every single participant had lost somebody. So like death nearby or close was like the theme, right? It was literally the theme that somebody had experienced death, loss, um, something traumatic with that. And, and I think that came out a lot throughout the plant medicine and the journeys that most people went through. I think almost everybody had a death experience, if you will, or an ego death or a shamanic death or whatever it is, but it was so interesting how that was one of the main themes, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably worth mentioning for folks that maybe don't, uh, who haven't heard about this potentially is like, this foundation was started for wildland firefighters. So everybody who was there was a wildland firefighter. And uh, well, at some point, either current, past, or, or yeah, current or past. <laughs> but at some point, someone was, they're all wildland firefighters. And um, man, like, absolutely. I mean, you if I could say anything to anybody right now who hasn't experienced a loss within the job at some point, you probably will, if you do it long enough, just by simply being exposed to it and doing it for a few years, even if you get out, you're going to make connections. You're going to hear about something like this is not uh, an uncommon thing. And the guilt people put on themselves after experiencing a loss from someone close to them is it's uh very it's it's something that's common they put a lot of guilt on themselves and there was a lot of people that uh brought that guilt with them but i also like i mean and i'm not even i'm not saying that's a bad thing like that in a, in a way that guilt brought them to the to that to that trip to that ceremony to a place where they could heal from it that's really awesome. And I think that's a lesson a lot of these folks learned as we uh, moved along is like all the bullshit that we've done in our lives or had exposed to us in our life, all the stuff that's happened, you know what I mean? Like it's all the process of getting us to where we're at now. And if you can come to a place like the, the, the ceremony or come to a place finally where you can process all that bullshit and come to a positive place in your life filled with perspective and perseverance and discipline and goals 
you can look back at all that shit, all that fucked up shit and be super grateful for it because it played its role. It played its, it made you a more resilient you. Oh, dude. It's so true. So true. I think it's so amazing. And, and I, one of the things, you know, everybody was reading their intentions or, or talking about their intentions. Um, and, and when I heard yours, it was like, I'm here to help others. I'm here to be a supporter. I'm here to support you. And, and I think that was like, that was such a beautiful intention. And I think you got so much more than that. Right. And I think we're going to get, we're going to get into that, but like, that was kind of like, Oh, Ben's for in for a ride. That was kind of like what I thought when I heard that I was like, Oh, Ben's in for a lot. This is going to be so awesome. And, and I just want to get your take on that of like your intention versus like what, like what you actually got. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, first, first things first, like, uh, through my past experience, like anytime I've ever set a specific intention, uh, entering into a ceremony with plant medicine, it completely does not give me that intention whatsoever. So like I, I, I now like keep it very broad and it's like, my intention is to, uh, for this particular time was like, I'm just here to be, I'm here for the experience. I'm open to whatever it has to tell me. I'm here to let go. Like that's a, a really key piece to plant medicine. It's like you have to be willing to let go because the process of taking plant medicine is like the plant medicine can be like a fucking crowbar. It's going to make you let go at some point. Like uh, whether whether it gives you the ultimate let go through like ego death or it like slowly pries it from your soul. So like for me, intentions go around plant medicine is just, it's all about just like being surrendering to the process and just letting the shit happen and and like when it gets rough just let's so anyways that was my main intention but the other intention was is like i really want to uh, with the experience i had and the work i've done for sure something could potentially have come up i wanted to be a participant so i could get to know everybody know the process know the things that are happening but i also really i was there to serve everybody too I wanted to be of service to the people there because for sure I'm coming into this experience with less uh, chinks in the armor than some of the other people. And that's okay. That doesn't make, that doesn't make me, uh, doesn't, I'm not placing value, but what it did is it freed me up a little bit to be of service to everybody. And that's what, that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be there. Like after seeing Roger and shit, I was like, I'm fucking here for you, bro. Like, I know why you're here and I have a connection with you and I'm here to help you and everybody. Like, I just wanted to be, um, you know, we're firefighters. Our, our career is this service career, right? Has anybody ever defined that, what that means to them besides saying, I want to help people. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, we should be really trying to articulate what being of service to people is because we've chosen a, a job or a career that is that. And we have to, and, and serving people is literally being there for them when they fucking need us. Oh, it's so powerful, man. Of, of Yeah. What does that mean to actually help people and, and, you're right, man. I think the wildland firefighters, especially now, I mean, I feel like it's just changing so much faster in the last five years, right? But it's like the intensity, like how much 
service and how much like you're just giving 100% of yourself to the job when you're, you have to, like you have to, you have to. And so it's just, just power, man, just, just to recognize that. So I really appreciate that. And I want to go back a little bit before we go deeper, just kind of like a, I feel like we always have to talk about this when we talk about plant medicine of it's not for everybody. And like you said, it's a crowbar and sometimes, and it's, to me, it's kind of like the hard way for some people, like it can be super intense. Right. And like some, somebody had an experience of being like, like smashed like a balloon and like dying, you know, and it's just like, there was no fear or anything in that. Like, yeah, that was a rough experience, but it was like a rebirth opportunity. Right. Like I got digested by a snake a couple of weeks ago. Right. And I was just like, that wasn't scary. It was just an opportunity for rebirth. And I think but it can be really hard for some people, right? And, and I think um, I think we should talk about that before we get go deeper. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I think like, I'm glad you brought this. I'm glad we're going here because I kind of had thought about this before the, before the call um, about just like what the, what is it like, you know? Cause that's the question. What's ayahuasca like, you know? Like what's a uh, psilocybin here? Does psilocybin like, like what's that shit like? So, you know, um a lot of times you'll hear like you know beauty there's a lot of words that the experience itself is fucking insanely beautiful like it is it's it's life-changing in a lot of ways um it isn't for everybody i learned this uh maybe a couple ceremonies ago when i got out of the ceremony and i had this just beautiful experience where i died three times i, I experienced a ego death three times that's how long it took me for the, the, the spirit, the, per, the thing that was there that was guiding me through the process was trying to teach me a lesson. And I kept, I would get the lesson and then regress. And every time I regressed, it would, it would kill me. And it took three times for me to understand that. And it was fucking uncomfortable. Like it was super uncomfortable. But every time I died and came back, like the rebirth thing, I entered this beautiful, it was it was heaven. And it was like, how do I stay here? You know, and every time I let the old shit creep back in, it would fucking kill me. So what I, what came out of that experience though, for me afterwards is like, because before then I was like, everybody has to do the shit. Like, this is how we're going to fix the world. <laughs> like everybody needs to do ayahuasca or whatever it is. Right. And that's not real. That's not real because you have to be ready you have to commit to becoming the best version of yourself for this shit to work. You cannot, it's just like the countless people I've, I've done nutrition coaching for, or, uh, or, or physical training programs. Like if you're not doing these things for an intrinsic reason, it's not going to last. If you're doing it because you want to look sexy for your vacation, like, that's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. That's, that's awesome too. But when you come off a of vacation, you just go back to the old you. And, and this tool, plant medicine, needs to be respected as something like that. Because if you're not ready to have that experience, it's not going to be, it's, you're not going to get what you should get out of it. At least I'm, I'm talking in absolutes, but like at the end of the day, it's, it isn't, it is not for everybody right now, but it could be, it sure as shit could be. So 
Um, it really comes down to the individual, man. Are you ready to take a leap of faith? And, 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 all, and at the end of the day too, there's, I know I have a really good friend um, who I would, I would compare him to Danny, honestly. He's never done a psychedelic or a drug in his life. There's other ways to achieve uh, personal greatness and clarity and understanding and awareness without plant medicine. I, I'm open to all these ideas. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. It's not, it's not for everybody because ayahuasca can be the most loving thing in the world. It can, it can, it can pick you up and hug you and show you the beauty of life, or it can be a crowbar and it's going, what it's going to do, it's going to pry away the thing that's most painful to you. And that's the things you're still attached to. It's the things you will not let go. The pain, the suffering, the, the stories that you tell yourself that aren't true, the, all the garbage that you're packing around that you just are scared to let go of because you've made it a part of your identity is the stuff that crowbar is meant for. It's going to pry it away from you. And if you don't let go, it's going to make you experience all those things until you do let go of them. Um, or you'll potentially have an ego death like I did, because when you die, you let go of everything. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I think it's so true. Like the medicine, the medicine really goes straight for the deepest fear, the deepest sadness, the deepest thing. It just goes straight for it. And it's going to, like you said, it's going to work on it. And it's sometimes it's a beautiful process. Sometimes it's just, it's never bad in my mind. It's just hard. It's hard work. That's it. That's it. And like, um, yeah, it's just like, I think my last experience with psilocybin, like I remember um, talking with my, um, with who I was with and it was just like, we've been dying for like three hours. Like I'm tired of dying. Let's live life right now. Right. And it was just like, oh, this is so beautiful. Um, but I, I want to go back to what you said and, and we're going to go step-by-step, step, but I think this is a really like important thing before we dive deeper is like the faith, because I know during our supporter ceremonies, my first time doing combos, my first time doing ayahuasca in combo, I was kind of like, okay, this weird dude I've never met. I know him for like two days now is burning my skin and putting some weird ass frog venom in my bloodstream. Like, what the fuck am I doing? That was kind of like, as he's doing it, I'm just like, oh my God. And the flush is hitting me. I'm just like, oh fuck. But, but it's just like, no, no, just like have the faith. Like I trusted Melissa, like, okay, I'm, Melissa said he's cool. Let's, I'm going to trust it. And I'm so glad I just, I, I was in that moment in faith of just like, I trust, I am trusting, I'm surrendering 100%. And actually combo, it was rough, but it was actually a really, really beautiful experience. Like it was so powerful for me. And, and I just, I actually love combo. It's really good. So I want to go back to that faith and get your take on that. Yeah, faith, man. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like this is, it's kind of like this experience, like, you know, you're kind of, how do I artic articulate this? Like it's, it has, it has not to do so much with the faith aspect, but maybe the trust that you have within yourself. 
like you bought a plane ticket or you did all the work pre before buying a plane ticket you buy a plane ticket you go to mexico you get on the truck you go to melissa's place you go to the venue you do the things like you're da -da 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 -da. and it's like man you have to trust yourself like this is you have to trust that this experience is going to give you what you need and the faith in other people like i, I you know i don't know like i think maybe for some of the participants there that there is more faith needed uh than for myself like i i was i guess my i guess i had really high faith i didn't really ex I, I wasn't really worried about what was happening um because right away when you know you talk to danny on the phone before you even get there they're making sure that you are capable of even a t like coming to the retreat and right away you're you're like yeah dude, I'm another soul connection you know i'm like okay cool like i get it like this is good so, I mean, I, I don't know the faith thing. Like I had faith the whole time. Um, for me, it was more about uh, it's, it's more about trusting yourself and trusting the, the, uh, the process and, and, and trusting that the things that were everything that had brought you to that point was there was a reason for it. Oh, that's so beautiful, brother. I love that. Like trusting, trusting yourself and, and so I think we're ready to move on into like the next, and, and, you know, we can stop wherever you want, but I think, uh, kind of the next morning was straight to the river for Rape and combo. And yeah, man, I'll just let you have at it of like your experience of like what you saw, what that was like for you. Cool. Yeah. So really awesome. You know, we, uh, we wake up early in the morning, um, and the 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 days sort of uh talked about with with danny about hey we're gonna do rape combo come back to the to the venue um and then later in the evening potentially if people are feeling good we'll do this thing called yopo which we'll get to in a minute but so we walk down uh from the the facility and we go down to the river below the house and we we pick out some spots um and we're partnered up um, so that there's, you are with somebody uh, as a partner, whatever, to go through the experience together. And uh, so we, myself and another participant, um, I, I really went out of my way to go with somebody that, uh, that wasn't Roger because uh, I wanted to get to know this person a little bit more because I could, I could sense the pain on their face a little bit. And I, I just want wanted to observe them a little more personally so we go pick out a spot and and he comes over with the rape and you know uh, roger did a really good job explaining this you guys should go check out the previous podcast to this one um but it's like a wooden it looks like a wooden pipe kind of thing like a straw uh if anybody's ever had rape it's, it's powdered tobacco like like snuff uh, that you would see on the fire line like that uh swiss snuff stuff anyways and he puts like the contents of like, if you, if you hold up your pinky, maybe like if you cut your pinky in half, he puts like the, the amount of that much rape in each nostril and it's tobacco. And it like, for me, like, uh, I hadn't done that in a long time. Um, and he very gently, slowly blows it into your nostrils, but 
that shit hurts, dude. Uh, straight up, like any of that that stuff going into my nose was just like very painful. But the, everybody's there to support you, and um, the other practitioners are there, and they're wiping your nose, and you're you're kind of like in this meditative seat. I'm leaning up against a rock, and like full blown for me, like right away, because I was so open to all this stuff and so ready for it. Like, and it's again i'm gonna say woo woo shit but this is the best way for me to explain it it's like uh like full-on like third eye expansion like center of my head just boom like my whole visual experience opened up back to that white light i was explaining about and like everything was just like whitewashed and clean and powerful and then you kind of get that feeling that kind of tobacco high feeling and you start feeling pretty good and light, light and body. And just like, it, it very much grounds you and it allows you to like focus and calm yourself in the moment. And that was really good. So that was, that, that was kind of my experience with that. Um, we, myself and my partner, we were, we were the first two to get the combo. And so, and uh, my partner went first and I had never done combos new to me so it's like a, a amazon frog i think right they're amazon frog venom i think something like this and he comes and he gets it's like a looks like an incense stick somewhat and they burn um like five to seven dots in your arm and then they put this paste of venom all over the wound and uh I watched her and she kind of, you know, they, everybody's there to support each other. And she sort of lays back onto her blanket and, uh, and she got up and she threw up um, because part of this process is purging. So something we didn't talk about is you got to drink like three liters of water to do this because a big part of it is like, you feel very nauseous. And I would assume purging on an empty stomach is just really probably pretty hard on the innards. So it also helps cleanse anything that's in you that you might have already. It helps get all that stuff out because you're, you're about to have a bunch of different ceremonies lined up after this and you want to be fully cleansed on your inside. So, um, so anyways, it comes to me, he, I have this interesting tattoo on my arm um, and there's a big cross that's got this like duality of heaven and hell on it and he burns the head, the heart, the waist, the feet, and the hands uh, of like if somebody was on the cross uh, instead of doing just down a line like he was for everybody else, which I thought was cool. And um, the experience for me, like really intense, like rocket ship up, not, it wasn't necessarily psychedelic. It wasn't actually psychedelic at all for me. It was a very intense feeling, like super lightheaded, skin flush, um, like very lightheaded. Like, you know, you start feeling pretty nauseous. My, I could feel like my heartbeat beating in my ears really hard. Um, and it wasn't necessarily painful, just highly uncomfortable. And then I like laid back because I thought I was going to fucking pass out. And someone's there to support me down, lay me down. And then I had my push my feet out into the water into the on the when I was sitting on the edge of the river 
And I was just like, oh my God, this sucks. And I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna throw up. I need to get this fluid out of me. So I get up and I put my get on all fours. I put my hands in the water. I bury my hands into the sand and I just I couldn't throw up. It just didn't want to come out. Like it was really, really weird. I was like, man, I definitely feel like I need to throw up. I'm not holding on to this. Like I'm not trying to not throw up. And Danny's like, it's okay, throw up. I'm like, I'm believe me, I really want to throw up. (laughs) I just didn't want to come out. And then I like looked up and uh, mind you, I'm still just like, my skin's really hot um, and my ears are throbbing. The water just feels so good. And I like look at the river and I'm like, I got to get in this river, man. And I like take my, my shirt off and I just, I climb into this river and I just start like I lay back in it and I come out and I'm like washing my, washing my skin and it just started feeling really good. And then everything started to minimize from there, like the, the high. And I like look over and all the practitioners are over there just like playing their music and looking at me. Like, I was like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? I was like, Oh, that's kind of funny. And it was all good. And then it was over and I felt really pretty decent actually, you know, like no big deal. Like uh, went back and then I just, I wanted to, like I said, my intention was to be of service to everybody. And I felt I just right away went into service and I just started helping other people through their experiences and, and holding people so they didn't fall in rocks and things and just um, just trying to be of service of people. And I thought that was really good. After that, we started talking about, you know, what happened and or whatever. And like, I was struggling to understand what the combo was what that experience did for me in the beginning it didn't I didn't get the I didn't get the the lesson until maybe two days later or whatever because like I said my whole experience was like this I was I was in a I was transforming into something I was going through a transformation process and what eventually happened was is like what came to me is like I didn't need to purge what was inside of me like I have done that already when I was struggling with thoughts of suicide, when I was, uh, you know, when I was confronted with all the fucked up bullshit I've done in my life, when I did my last psilocybin ceremony, like I, when I, I, uh, well, I so anyways, I've done a lot of this, this work already. And, and what I, what I was taught was I have the stuff inside is good. I don't need to purge anything. Everything that I have in there is, is good and in place and, I, and it's good but I had to get the fucking bullshit that was trying to get inside of me off of me. And it was like the, the cleansing was, was all of the, all the pressure, all of the things that want me to be what they want me to be all the, all the stuff that is like surface level trying to penetrate my inside needed to be washed off me. And when I made that realization, I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that was really cool. And I remember one of the practitioners during that time, like when I got out of the water and I was kind of, I think bringing some fruit to somebody um, when we're still by the river, she stopped me and she looked at me and she says, you are a warrior. And I was like, oh, cool. Thank you. Appreciate that. Like, you know, like, all right, sweet, man. I'm a warrior. And like later on when we keep going, like this, it's crazy how this stuff lines up like but anyways so that was my that was my combo experience i felt really good at more 
much more powerful experiences, but I felt, I felt, uh, I felt pretty good afterwards. Cause I think the combo can affect people differently as far as like, it can be so intense that, you know, for a couple hours later, like you're still kind of a little loopy. Um, but for me, I felt, I felt that was awesome, man. That's so beautiful, man. Yeah, I think for me too, I got really energized afterwards. And then I was like, oh, I got tired by the end of the day, but it was so powerful. Like I was, I had to go like kind of run around actually a little bit after. And uh, so I'm curious on, on, I just want to get your take on how I thought it was just the most beautiful thing. Like as soon as the medicine was given, like the combo arape, it's just like this full force of rattles, drums, sage, like tobacco. Like it's just like this like beautiful execution of like ceremony and space and setting. And it was just like, I just want to get your take on like, cause, cause that's going to go deeper in the ceremony. Like the music was, and, and I, and I want to make sure we cover Danny's crier song. That song was so crazy. Like, dear God, that was the most intense song I've ever heard in my life. And I cried, like, I like just think about, it, I want to cry. Right. So I want to get your take on just like the supporters in that moment, like specifically with the music. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, straight up, like just badass. I mean, like the music, uh, dude, like again, like I just don't have the fucking words like that are playing the maracas. Like, so we're in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, like in the rainforest more or less. And, you know, you think about it, you're next to this river, you got palm trees going up these steep slopes, you got parrots flying across the sky, like in, in pairs, which is really cool. And then, uh, you know, then you're down by this river doing this, doing combo and like the practitioners are playing their drums there, which the ceremony just around the drums itself was really cool to see the singing, the guitar playing, like the maracas, like everybody is feeding off each other's energy. Like it's very seamless. It's not like out of, nothing's out of place or just kind of awkward. Like it's a part of what is happening. Like you're not just going to the river to do combo. Like the the, 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 the playing of music, the, the way the supporters are helping you, the way the sage is burnt, the incense, the the way the that they wrap you up in towels, how they deliver the food to you, like it's all part of the process. Like it's not just the combo doing the thing. It's it's every aspect of the experience had a had a specific part to play to get you to where you needed to go. Oh man, I think it's so true. Like, and, and of course, as we go deeper, like the music is even more critical, right? And 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 so um gosh what's the next step i think the next step is yopo and i can't remember if i think you were there for the first night of yopo right you were one of the participants so um yeah we can go there if you're ready yeah for sure uh yeah so <clears throat> i talked to danny about it like uh when we were coming back i was like hey man so we're, we're doing yopo next tonight right is that tonight and he's like yeah because I've, I've never done yopo i didn't even know what the hell yopo was to be honest it's the first time i ever even heard of it and he's like, well, he's like, she's like, yeah, we'll do it. But it really depends on how everybody's feeling. Because like I said, combo can kind of mess people up a little bit. So they were, he was very, again, like he's very compassionate about the individuals. He's not forcing anything on anybody. And he's making sure that everybody's ready for the experience. 
I was like, okay, cool, man. Like, no worries. Like, no pressure. I, I was just curious. And, but uh, in, in my heart, I was like, oh, man, like, I hope everybody's good. Like, I really want to do this tonight. Like, so uh, we get to, you know, there's a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a break we, uh, between the two ceremonies. We go to get ready to do Yopo. And I, I don't know, I think it was like eight o'clock at night or something like that. It was like dark. Danny starts a fire. And he asks who would be interested in doing the Yopa for the evening. And uh, there was three of us. Um, uh, Roger was one of them, myself and another participant. And um, uh, I think I went first. I can't remember, but um, I'm sitting directly on the edge of that circle we talked about directly across from the altar, which is a really cool experience, actually, because there's so much rad shit on that thing um and so it, it feels very holy you know what i mean and like you're kind of like honored to be in that position you're sitting on your mats and he's kind of telling you what it's going to be and yopo for people who are listening to this is like it's rape so that tobacco snuff stuff and dehydrated ayahuasca and maybe a host of other types of interesting herbs and, and different smells and the amount they put in your nostril is impressive. Like I told you to hold up your pinky. Like I would say like the contents of each one of your pinkies in each nostril, at least it's like jam packed in there. And, um, uh, so he comes to me and he does it and you're really sure like he shoves that he gets that first one in there and it's like wow this is not for me it was extremely painful in my sinuses and then and, I'm, and he's I immediately started gagging I was like okay it's cool man just it's all good but the supporting cast is like so good man they're on there they're like tapping on your head they're making they're getting getting you to focus on other things than the pain which is really cool. And then the fire's in front of you and, and Danny's like, look at the fire, Ben, Ben, look at the fire. And uh, I'm staring at the fire and I'm like, okay, okay, I got it. Yeah, I got it. And then he gets the other nostril and gets another one fired up in there. And uh, <laughs> dude, I'm just like, I'm tearing up, I'm in pain. It just hurts like hell. And I'm just, he's like, look at the fire, look at the fire. I'm just like trying to just get through the suffering of it. And just like, it's all good, man, you got this. Like we could do this. I'm like tapping on my chest and they're tapping on my head and I'm, I'm like, okay. And maybe like 30 seconds to 60 seconds goes by and they practitioners hand me some tissues and I start blowing my nose, you know, and that's, I'm like, thank God. Like I just need to get this shit out of my sinuses. And as I'm blowing my nose, I'm looking in the fire and I'm closing my eyes. I'm closing my eyes to blow my nose. And as I close my eyes after looking in the fire, the fire stays where it's at with my eyes closed and it's like a geometric like shape, like a geometric fire at when my eyes are closed. I'm like, okay, cool. This shit's coming. Like the ayahuasca is coming. So typically when you take ayahuasca, it's like 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the person before you start feeling the effects or something like this, you know, this was like two minutes. So, um, so I start feeling the effects of the ayahuasca very similar to like um dm i mean it is dmt but it's like a like inhaled dmt experience and i'm like okay it's coming i can feel it's, it's coming fast 
So I orientate my pad so that I'm kind of horizontally laying towards the fire instead of like my feet facing it. And I lay down and I just want to like, I'm just trying to lay down and look at the fire and I'm blowing my nose and at the same time and like leaning over, blowing my nose. And then I close my eyes and there's this kaleidoscopy DMT world going on. And then this being spiritual being kind of in the shadowy, like I couldn't see any features, but they had their arms out kind of like they're trying to get me to come to them. And I was like, I was like, Hey, I was like, Hey man, like, how's it going? Like I'm having a conversation with them. Like, Hey, it's nice to meet you. Like, I'm totally here to hear whatever you have to say, but I'm like very rushed because I'm like, I'm blowing. I'm like, hold on a second. I got to blow my nose, blow my nose. Ah, God damn it. It hurts so bad. And I'm like, okay, I'm back. What do you got to tell me? And I'm like, and he's like, and they're not, he's not saying anything. It was very, very masculine kind of energy. And, and he's got his arms out and I'm like, hold on one second. And I jump out of the visual experience again, blow my nose and I come back in. And I keep trying to like, and I'm like, man, okay, I get it, man. Like, I know everything's love. Like, I'm like trying to get him to hurry up to tell me what he has to tell me. I'm like, yeah, man, it's the connection of love. Like, because a long time ago, I had this lesson that the one thing we're all searching for, the one thing that we are constantly in search of is fucking love. And it's the one thing we can all share with each other. Um, It's the thing that connects us, right, is love. And so... I'm telling them, I'm like, man, I, I, get, I already got this lesson. Like I get it. I believe it. I live it. Like, this is, this is who I am. Like, I love this lesson. Like, I, is there more to this? Like, what are you trying to tell me? And I'm, I keep getting distracted, going back and forth, blowing my nose. And then one time I go back and blow my nose and I'm just like blowing so hard and it hurts so bad and the pain and my nose just hurts so bad. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, love you can find love in the pain like in the discomfort in the darkness like love still exists and he's just like exactly and he like throws his arms out he's like that's what i've been trying to tell you (laughs) and so i'm in this like blacked out visual experience and i'm just seeing these threads these like threads of love through the darkness and through pain and just like and the lesson that came out of it was just like as soon as I figured that out, my experience, visual experience immediately stopped and it was done. And I was like, whoa, that was like fucking 15 minutes. And I think, I I don't know, that's what it felt like. And I I think Danny said something along the lines of like 45 minutes to two hours. And I was like, okay, well, that was really, really quick. But I mean, I've had experiences like that before too like you get the you get the lesson that you need and all of a sudden it just stops like that's all you need like there's no reason to go any further so it's kind of like that and the lesson that came out of that for me was kind of what i was just alluding to is like you know like we are so afraid of being in discomfort and we're and we look at pain as being something so negative and darkness so negative but I'm telling, but you can find love and peace and joy and happiness in those moments. If you just stay focused and keep working and keep pushing, you will find those threads of love. They exist there. It exists everywhere. And so like, what an awesome, beautiful, simplistic reminder to like, in those moments of suffering, like to be like, where's the love? The love's here. I know it's here. Like where I got to go find that love. Cause I, I'm, I'm 
suffering right now, but I know it's here. And you can start setting yourself up looking for something completely different. Oh, wow, man. Yeah, it's such a, I think these lessons that come from these gigantic journeys with plant medicine, right? It's like the lesson is like four words long, right? It's so simple and it's so, that's why we keep saying that there's, there's not a lot of words because once we get to the lesson, like you said, it's like, that's it. That's all it is, is like, there's love, there's threads of love in our pain and our discomfort in the negative emotions or whatever we want to call it. Like it's, there's threads of love in there. And all I have to do is look for it. Like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Like that's so inspirational. Like you could write a whole book on just that one experience. You know what I mean? Like it's so powerful and endless. Just the, the knowledge that Ben is about to drop on you all. Like it, it's just beautiful, man. So, so let's keep going. Like what's, what's next? Well, I think after that, you know, like for me, like, you know, Roger did a really good job of explaining kind of like what was happening in the periphery during his experience, you know, I'm like, that ended for me. And I was just like, okay, that's cool. Like, it's like, all right, apply. Like for me, it's like, you get the lesson, it's time to fucking apply, integrate right away. There's no time to, don't, no time to waste. And, and so I stood up and I felt really good and I'm around the fire and I'm just like looking at the fire and it's radiating its heat. And I'm like, look, I like feel energy. I feel this, like this energy and this love and this stuff coming off of me. And I immediately just felt like I needed to be around the people that were also having their experiences, not necessarily to touch them or do anything, you know, like, or, or, or like, play an instrument or whatever it was I just needed to be near them because I felt like the energy that I had that my body was producing at that moment was could be of use for somebody so I walked over to Roger and just stood next to him and he was from the outside looking at him like he was going through it you know like it not not in a painful way but he was just like he was working you know, and, and Roger explains this process very well on, on the last podcast you did with him. And it's a beautiful story about him delivering love back into his heart. And to be a part of that experience is just so full power. It's just so cool to see people do the work, you know. And so that was for me, it was that after that, it was like, okay, I have this, I have this power that I, it's, it's coming radiating from this energy and i just need to be around people so that they can they can use it if they need it um and so that that wrapped up next day we integrated in stuff uh or i'm sorry we integrated that night a little bit in a teeny bit of food because the following day was like i around one and uh but it didn't start i around one for us it started with yopo round one for the people that didn't do it the night we did it so early in the morning, we woke up and the people who had done Yopo, myself, Roger, and the other participant, um, assisted in being of service to the people who hadn't done it yet. And that was like, that was fucking awesome, dude. Like that's, I was like, this is why I came here. Like I, I'm here to help people, you know, and I, I really focused on one participant in particular and it's so cool because him and I had multiple moments throughout the time we were there. Uh, uh, God, man, just made me 
I just started thinking how I want to call this dude like really bad. But anyway, it's like, uh, yeah. And we just had this really cool experience together. Um, and he was just, it was really cool to watch somebody again. Like we talked about the, the initial faces that you saw coming into the experience. And then you see the faces during the experience and the epiphanies and the gears and the connections and the things leaving and they're just like oh my god they're transforming you know you're just like wow metamorphosis dude they're coming becoming butterflies and like there it's just it was just really that was really a really cool experience you know it's it was, again like it wasn't a, always about doing the it wasn't always about doing the drug it was about the it was about also assisting you know i don't know yeah. Oh man. I love that so much. Yeah. Like the community feel. And I think the most important thing about this experience, at least for me, was that we were all wildland firefighters. Right. And that, you know, me and Melissa were wildland firefighters and it was so powerful to be in that community together, like serving our brothers and sisters. And, and I know we're going to get into it, but like like you said, as soon as your work was done, you were assisting. Like as soon as Roger was done, he was assisting. Like it was crazy to see the peer support. It was just like me and Melissa were just like blown away. Like we didn't expect that. We didn't tell you guys to do that. It just fucking happened. Right. And it just proves like how much, like, like, I feel like it's like, a, it really comes down to like a duty, respect, integrity of like, dude, my brother there, he's suffering. Like I have to help him or her. Like, it's like, I, it's there. Like that's our mentality on the line. Like we will literally do anything for you. And I think it really showed up in ceremony in like the beautiful, most beautiful way. And like what you were talking about, how one of the practitioners called you a warrior. And I think that's going to, that's going to start coming up here soon. I think one of the things that came up for me was, was like how much this indigenous, like, cause this is the most indigenous like ceremony I've ever been a part of. I mean, from start to finish, like this is so ancient. Like you said, like there's, there's barely any English, you know what I mean? And sometimes, and, and so one of the things that came up is like this, it almost felt like this ancient way of healing warriors. That's really like, it was a warrior. It was a ceremony for warriors. And I don't know, man, I want to get your take on that. And, and I'm sure that's going to kind of guide us into what happens next. I mean, shit, it was for me. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think if you just look back at history, you know, like it, there's this shit has been around forever, you know, like, and the, I think like the medicine, that medicine in particular, like not maybe not Yopo, but ayahuasca has been all over the Central Americas and South America. Like, so I mean, it's, Absolutely. I, I mean, I would be surprised if it wasn't integrated into their healing process for their warriors. Absolutely. I mean, I just, I just would have a really hard time not believing that. Um, and, but, and, and even participating through it, it felt ancient. I mean, that's something I was always super stoked that I talk about very often with people is like being exposed to that ancient Mexican kind of culture the songs they sang, the instruments they played, the the way the clothes they wore, like the way they talked, like just all of it. I was just like so I fell so deeply in love with just the the ancient Hispanic culture and just like uh 
through through the whole ceremony but yeah i mean yeah i think so i i think i think uh like you're saying like i think it was for warriors yeah man oh so powerful and so so like you know gosh we had yopo in the morning and then just more integration there was a couple sessions maybe and and just to really be clear like maybe we would do hypnosis or a massage or energy healing or whatever it was like there was some integration work that day and then and then like ayahuasca round one man let's i, I think we're there right for sure yeah ayahuasca round one so um you know <clears throat> i i think out of all the participants i had i think i was the only participant that has participated with ayahuasca before so which is not a big deal so like i'm i'm just going to talk about this in terms of like what i've done before in the past and so it really it started off with like a lot of prayer uh you said a prayer for us uh we did like it was probably like i don't know a good 45 minutes to an hour of prayer work which was really cool because it set the fucking stage for receiving the medicine um which i which I, i've never done before like I, I, when I've done ayahuasca in the past, it's been like a couple of prayers maybe said by the shaman or whoever's there. And then it was like, okay, let's do ayahuasca. Everybody light up. You know what I mean? So like, not like, again, I'm not talking trash on anybody and how they deliver medicine, but this was again, done very professionally. And um, the prayers were awesome. There's a moment where Danny said like four prayers in like four different languages. Like I was just like, what the fuck dude? Like how awesome was this? You know? And uh, so anyways, um, we get up, we hold hands around the circle with all the practitioners, all of us, and uh, and it was left palm up, right palm down, because uh, at least in the Hispanic culture, feminine energy comes in from the left, and masculine is grounded to the right. So I thought that was really cool. Like I said, there's a rhyme to reason to literally everything, even to just holding hands. So... <laughs> uh we're he's talking about it and then we go hug everybody everybody goes around in a circle and we give everybody a hug and we're kind of like not necessarily wishing luck but just like showing the support again like everybody's hugging and i get to eddie who is one of the practitioners he's the guy the body worker and he looks me in the eyes and he goes he's like ben you are like an american jaguar and i was like I laughed. I was like, ah, that's awesome, dude. Right on. Thank you. And, you know, no intentions. I have no, I'm getting ready to do ayahuasca. I'm not, I'm not setting intentions. I'm just open to the experience. Danny comes and gives us uh, ayahuasca. It's like maybe half an ounce type of cup. Gives it to us and we set our intention before we take it and we drink it. And right before I'm getting ready to drink it, I'm just like, oh fuck dude i'm about to have a jaguar experience dude in my head <laughs> like, like i'm just like thinking this i'm like this is gonna happen you know so <clears throat> so uh i can't remember how many doses we took i think i think i had four of those cups so maybe the equivalence of two ounces of ayahuasca um which it really like my past experience it's kind of varying sometimes you get a lot more than that at the beginning sometimes you get less so it doesn't really it doesn't matter and uh i don't i got i got mine and within i don't know i must be getting sensitive to the medicine danny's danny was talking to me about this too he's like sometimes you end up getting sensitive to the medicine the more experience you have with it or the more you're able to let go or whatever 
and uh but it had it came on pretty quickly it, i remember like more but quick, quicker than i remember uh probably within 30 minutes or less and the fire's going and we're all sitting on our pads uh in that sun sunray pattern and i get up on my knees everybody some people are laying down i get up on my knees and i'm looking at the fire and i'm just like i'm feeling it come on i'm just letting it come on i'm taking deep breaths and i'm just like I'm giving like the energy from my body and I'm offering it to the fire. And I'm just like, I am here to be of service to you. Like I'm here to be of service to, to the world, to the universe, to the, this experience and everything. And I'm taking deep breaths and then pushing my palms forward towards the fire. And I'm just like offering myself basically like I'm, I'm I want to be of service of this, ex of this existence of this life. And after I did that a few times, like it's getting dark, it's, it's starting to get dark. And it just like, all of a sudden, like the sky, the night sky cracks open and just fucking dumps this power into me, raw power. Just like energy is like, it, it's energy, but it's just like, it's making me feel like it's so crazy strong and powerful. Like it was intense as hell and i'm just like oh my god and i'm just like i couldn't believe how like powerful this energy was and it was just like pouring into the top of my head and then blasting out of my chest into the fire and just like repetitively like this giant cyclical kind of circle thing and i stand up and i'm just like got my arms in the air and <laughs> fists closed and as soon as i put my arms in there my fists are closed i like look at my arms and they turn into like this black spotted leopard fur or jaguar fur and it freaked me out a little bit because i was like i had my fist closed I'm like oh my god i have paws and i like put my fingers out real quick and i was like oh god there's three are fingers fingers there <laughs> and i was like i was like oh my gosh and i was just like what the hell is this like this is crazy and just like doing that and I was like looking around at the part, the other people taking medicine. I was like, oh my God, hopefully I'm not freaking anybody out. But I just remember just getting this raw power dumped into me and then just so much energy. And the night sky is telling me, he's like, this is the power of the Jaguar. This is the power of the universe. Like, if you will be of service, we will let you experience this. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. And, and then I remember at one point, like, bending down and like my knees my legs were like shaking i was like oh my god the weight of this is so much like i gotta lay back down i'd be interested to actually under see hear what you had to say about that do you remember me doing that because i haven't talked to anybody about that you know i remember i remember you looking up at the sky and and as you're explaining this, I remember you kind of holding your hands up almost like a yoga pose, but more like wide, like um, like a mountain pose, how you reach up into the sky, but your hands were wide. And it just really reminds me of like the Egyptian, like, or the, the praising of the sky, the praising of the sun, like the power of the sun. And it, yeah, I remember that. And it was just, I remember you talking like a lot too. I, I didn't, I can see what you're seeing, obviously, but you were talking so much to the power, man, to the Jaguar, I think. And, and um, you know, I think that's the, that's like, 
in that moment, that's all I have because there's, there's so many other participants. Right. But that's what I remember most was like you really talking and like seeing you like shaking, like embracing, like fucking God, it looked like, right. <laughs> like it, it was, it looked super intense, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of things going on. Um, that's, that's good to hear that. I, I was just curious. I was always just curious about that, but yeah. So it just like it, it dumped its power into me and then just like it didn't cripple me but it was just like all right dude now it's time to sit down like you you get this but this is the power that the jaguar has like in the jungle like just full of fucking power dude and i was like okay so i lay it down on my mat and i'm just like kind of just embracing this power and just like resting a little bit and then i'm looking at the night sky and it's just <laughs> dude like the amount of beauty that was up there was just fucking nuts like the star i could just see the cosmos working like the entire universe just like the stars and the solar systems and things spinning and just like everything just operating the way it should be and um the night i'm just like well how fucking beautiful is this like i couldn't believe just how immensely special it was and how we have a fucking part to play in that and people forget that shit we we go through our lives like so often just like being distracted by fucking bullshit whether it's covid or fucking people trying to kill themselves like the war like or just like the, the cost of gas or the bill I have to pay or the fact fucking whatever, all the stupid little bullshit that ha enters our fucking life. Like, and we forget to recognize how fucking beautiful everything is and how the, we have a part to play in the beauty of this existence. And, um, it saddened me for a little bit. Like I was really sad for a minute. I was like, dude, like, fuck man. Like, I, I hope people understand, like, this is like, we get to share this with each other. It's so cool. Like, and I came back and this nice guy cracked open again and dumped a little bit of power back into me. And was just like, Hey man, like, this is what the Jaguar gets to do. Like the Jaguar is a fucking Jaguar. He's not, humans are constantly trying to do a, be other things like we're constantly trying to be like this i want to be that i want to do this i want to do that the jaguar is just being a fucking jaguar it's like that's what you got to do as a human just be you be a human and um again man the sky was just like this is where i, I know i was talking a lot because i just kept saying how beautiful it was out loud so beautiful like i can't believe how fucking beautiful this is like i'm so thankful to be a part of this existence this universal existence like uh, i'm a cog in this in this wheel like i'm a part of the puzzle like it's I'm a part of all this stuff we all are and danny came over the top of me and he looked down on me and i was like and jackie was next to me off my right shoulder i think and they were standing there and i just looked at it both and was just like i thank you so much like how fucking cool is it that we get to share this life together and that's how i feel about everything like we get to share this life together um we talk about this in terms of like 
we're born and then we die. Our life starts when we are born and then we die and it ends. And <clears throat> we talk about it in singular forms, like that's your life, this is my life. Like you better do something with your life. Like it's my belief in my understanding at this moment that there is only one life and it's something we share. We don't, it is not a singular thing that ends. It exists for eternity. It's a singular thing that we all share. And the universe is a part of that life. And we are a part of the universe. The tree is a part of this fucking life. And it is a part of the universe. And we are a part of the life or part of the tree. Like all these things existing are a part of the one life that we share. And I got to experience that. Um, by recognizing the beauty and one of the, the lessons that came out of that was just like man you know what the best reminder of this is when you're fucking got when you're bogged down and you're got your tunnel vision on and you're just cruising through life not paying attention to anything but the 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 suffering that you keep attaching yourself to go outside one go outside sometime on a clear night and look at the fucking stars and realize that all the petty shit going on in front of you, the universe don't give a shit. <laughs> the universe is doing universe stuff, man. It's just out there doing the thing. And like, you're just a small part of that stuff is so insignificant. So anyways, uh, that was like that moment. And then I woke up, uh, I, I felt great. Like I was so fucking happy and just like so happy. And just like seeing the beauty and just literally everything. And uh, I, I sat up and uh, and I see the fire and people playing their, their instruments and things. And I was like, man, this is super sick. And then I think at some point at that moment, that's when Danny grabbed his guitar and played that crier song or whatever I think you were talking about. And holy hell, dude. He was sitting right next to me on my left side and he was just like belting this passionate song. And, uh, and it was just like one of the most incredible like musical experiences I've ever had. Just watching him just emotionally just dump his soul into this music and just like, and, and playing like in the flamingo type of way on this guitar, just like, his mouth was so wide at one point i could like see his like tonsils down his throat dude i was just like fuck dude like this guy is just getting it right now and 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 when i and i looked around because i was so captivated by him and then i looked around at one time and just every single practitioner and participant that wasn't going through their thing was just fucking locked on him because it was so powerful and, and that was just one of the times he sang something like that. And, and like the duets that him and Jackie had like uh, across the fire from each other and like the different, dude, it was just, after that, it was like a party for me. I stood up, he sang that song. I stood up, I just felt emotionally charged. I got a, I had a maraca. I was dancing around the fire with everybody. I was going around to people and playing music, like playing the maraca next to him. Like, I had again I had like I talked about that energy I had and I went and stood next to people now I had this fucking power like giant immense amount of power and it was like the fire 
again, like the heat radiating off me was going around people. And I just was like moseying around, just pushing my power towards them. Cause I just, the universe gave me this beautiful gift. And anyways, that the lesson was, the lesson was there. Uh, was just like, you know, this is the raw, you, you want to be of service. Here's a dose of the power. This is what the Jaguar represents in the jungle. And here is uh, the beauty of it all and, and how if you ever need a reminder to understand how special you are and the part you need to play and to forget about all the bullshit in your life, just look at the stars. Oh my gosh, man, there's so much to unpack here. But I think one of the biggest things is, is this idea, and I know you talk about this a lot, uh, in everything you do, you always talk about sharing perspectives, right? And I think this is so interesting, this idea of one life and, and this idea that there's only one life sharing perspectives of itself. And I think this is a very esoteric, deep spiritual idea, but it comes up in so many ways of like the fractals of, of how the universe is so fractal that maybe we're just a fractal of consciousness, right? Of, of experiencing itself in these different perspectives. So I just wanted to share that of like, and, and maybe get your take on that of, of like sharing perspectives may be one of the most important things we can do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I say often that um, shared perspective is how we collectively grow together um, uh, instead of like offering opinions. Right. Cause in, in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, I think opinions lack a, a bit of evidence or clarity potentially right but perspective is lived it's something that you've gained it's insight it's it's you know like the way i explain to people's um for people who are watching or aren't watching i have a cup in my hand a coffee cup and i'm holding it in front of my face or in between me and thomas and i can see my side of the cup just fine and i can tell thomas hey this is what my side of the cup looks like we're both looking at a fucking cup the same cup but I, I don't know what the other side of that cup is. I got to talk to Thomas about it. And Thomas is going to tell me what this cup looks like. And that's how we travel. That's how we fucking travel around the fucking cup. That's how we travel around the, that's how we travel around awareness and understanding is by sharing our perspective. The goal for everybody, in my opinion, is we're all traveling the path to awareness, understanding, love, happiness, joy. It's all the same shit, right? So we're all moving to this thing, but once you get to that circle of awareness, the mission isn't over. Now you got to travel the circumference of that circle and talk to all the individuals that have also reached that to, to understand what the actual circle looks like. And if you're looking at bird's eye view, it just looks like a traveling, there's awareness and understanding things and to me that's why perspective is really really fucking important and uh, uh because it, it collectively grows us together in a positive way oh man that's so beautiful i love this idea of like you're saying the perspectives allows us to travel in a circle or the circle and and to share and grow together like oh my god this is so powerful like this is what the wildland fire community needs needs, right? Is to share perspective and grow together. And like, this is dude, this is the podcast, right? The conscious fire culture. Like, Oh my God, I love this so much. 
So, so something I want to, I want to, I want to go a little bit deeper on this Jaguar that you, that you acquired because, and I want to resonate with you a little bit. And, and I shared with, um, with Roger kind of, um, my, one of my last experiences in Mexico of, of, um, kind of becoming all the souls and, and the, the Jesus on the cross and all that stuff. And what I forgot to mention is that after I became everything and everybody like the blade of grass, like the mineral, the lawyer, the murder, all those things at the end, there was this doorway. There was this doorway and it was like light was like shining through the, the edges of the door, kind of like, a, like there's something behind it, like this brightest light ever. And so I opened the door and it was like the brightest light that was so blinding. And I went through the light and then on the other side was like myself, like it was the highest self, the highest version of myself. And it was like this elemental kind of fire being with this dragon head. And, and soon, you know, maybe we'll talk about it more, but like, I really understood or encountered my highest self for the first time. And, and there was so much power, like so much power that it was almost like you said, it was almost too much to bear. Like, I almost felt like scared of the power. Like, this is too much power. Like, oh my God, this is too big. But after embracing it, it was so I understood that, no, this is like, this is my mission. This is my journey. This is why I'm here is to have this power. And, and so that your story really resonates with me, man. And, and I want to get your thought on this of, of part of this Jaguar power that you acquired is, is like probably just a fraction of like the highest self. Right. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me about that. Cause there's, <clears throat> This is so great. You have these conversations enough time and, the, and it reminds you of, it's like part of the integration work. So uh, yeah, the power thing was crazy because I remember when I was standing up and the night sky was dumping the power into me and it was saying, this is what the Jaguar feels in the jungle. Like this is, the, this is what the Jaguar has, like this raw fucking power from the universe. And I was like, holy shit, dude. I was like, and I went and laid down. I remember talking to the night sky and I was like this power comes with a lot of responsibility like like it's not just about like it's it can be dangerous like one swoop of a jaguar probably kill something you know what I mean like I'm like, man, so I was reminding myself, like, this power is, it comes with a ton of respect. I mean, backtrack just a little bit, like, during the time when I was getting ready to stand back up and start dancing, I was like, I was like transforming between a jaguar and a human. Like, every, if I looked at one side of my body, it'd be a jaguar. If I looked at the other side, it'd be a human. And it would kind of flow back and forth, which is very interesting. So I was like doing this, like, I was like living this like duality, duality kind of life between like, like almost like a were jaguar, whatever, <laughs> a were wire. Uh, uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, the power thing. Like I don't know if I answered your question, but um, I didn't get the sense of the higher self aspect of it quite yet. But I just understood that by um, surrendering surrendering myself to the universe. And then being able to get that power and then also understanding that this power exists in everybody. Like everybody has the ability to get this power, but this power 
comes with a deep, deep responsibility. Um, and that was humbling. That was super humbling. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, I don't know, there's a big, there's a bully getting ready to beat your ass. And the entire time you have a baseball bat behind your back and you refuse to use it kind of situation. It's like, I could use this baseball bat, but I, I can't like, I, I felt like there's, I was like, okay, I'm going to be confronted where the easy way out is to use this power, but I can't, you know what I mean? So, uh, that, that was an interesting thing. Um, after that ceremony though, like after helping everybody and we did the integration work and did some stuff, like it, it just, I felt incomplete. Like there was, I felt like uh, at that moment, I was like, okay, I understand there's a transformation happening now. Like, I, and I started like link things together. I'm like, okay, I cleansed my body to get the garbage off me. One of the practitioners called me a warrior, which was interesting. Like, I was like, huh, what does that mean? Uh, one of the, another pr practitioner called me an American Jaguar. And I started to sort of link these things up. I'm like, okay, like, am I, and then I'm in Mexico and I'm like doing all this stuff. And then I like realized like, what the fuck, dude, there's this like Jaguar warriors, like ancient Jaguar warriors, part of the culture, you know? And I was like, oh, that is really kind of crazy. Um, when I got home, uh, something that's really interesting is <laughs> I was doing research on this because I was obsessed with Jaguar warriors afterwards. And like the Mexican ancient Aztecs had jaguar and eagle warriors and their god was the god of the night sky like isn't that insane like i found all this out afterwards i'm like that's like <laughs> so i'm like sitting here just like dude like how do you you cannot uh that's just too crazy <laughs> dude, so that like, is so awesome that is so amazing like oh my god like, so the Jaguar warriors of ancient Mexico came from the God of the night sky, dude. That just blows my mind. Thank you. Continue. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'm sure someone knows the story better, better than I, but what I remember reading was like, uh, he was like the God of the night sky or he was a God of the night sky and he lived a dual life. So he could turn into a Jaguar and then back into a human form. And that's what was happening to me. And I was just like, damn, dude. So it was just cool. Like, this is part of the experience, man. Like, I can't, I can't make this shit up. So uh, anyways, I just felt after the ayahuasca night that there was still more work to be done, obviously, which I didn't really expect. Like, um, not that I, I didn't put any crazy expectations on it, but I didn't realize that I was going to also ha be doing a ton of work as well. And I just, at that moment, um on the the ayahuasca first guy ayahuasca night i realized i was like okay like there's a transformation happening and i'm i'm i know i'm being guided to become some kind of warrior a jaguar warrior a warrior some kind like something's happening with with that and so i really surrendered to that process and i talked about it quite a bit between the, the ayahuasca ceremonies like just telling people like yeah man i just i feel like there's a transformation happening like and i think like this next night of ayahuasca is going to be the night um so no um, did you did you have anything you wanted to say um no man i think i think um yeah i want to hear about night two i'm, I'm ready let's do it
So night, night two with ayahuasca was unlike any ayahuasca experience I've ever been a part of, like full on. Everything was so beautiful, but this was the highlight for me. Like we did, we did the, we took the medicine in a way that I have never even heard of or experienced. Uh, and it involved everyone all the practitioners all of the participants we all sat in a circle we pushed the circle out we set chairs up um and we kind of like passed you know this the danny the shaman he goes hey he's like okay so we're gonna do this he's like i don't know who's gonna start the fire but someone's gonna start it because it was all about taking care of each other and serving everybody it wasn't it wasn't practitioner participant anymore. We were all participating and all there for support. Uh, mind you, for the people listening, you might say like, oh my God, like that sounds unsafe. The, it was very well articulated by uh, the, the practitioner, Danny in charge, that they are still there to do a job and that's to take care of us. That element of taking care of people never left. The safety aspect was always present. And I never once ever felt like I was unsafe. Um, so just to make that very clear, <clears throat> um, but it was kind of like a passing around thing. Like every 45 minutes or so for, I don't know, it seemed like a few hours, like a little bit of a half ounce of ayahuasca came around and you would take a little drink of ayahuasca. And it was very communal. Like we weren't, a, a, in past ceremonies, it's always been about like, okay, go sit in your spot, don't move, don't mess with the, the participants. They could be doing some of their work and we don't want you to interfere with that, blah, 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 blah. And that's totally makes sense to me. And I think in a lot of settings, that's probably very fair for folks. But we've done so much work up until this point that now we, you know, there's a few participants that were still hadn't reached the their potential yet. Um, and it, this was what they needed. It was fully like, it was asking the help of everybody to help everybody. And, uh, I immediately, I was sitting around and medicine started to kick in for me and the fire hadn't been started, starting to get dark. And, um, I'm just like contemplating to myself, like, man, what would have what would a warrior do? Like, what does a warrior do? What does the Jaguar warrior do? And I'm waiting for this psychedelic experience to open up and ayahuasca to show me this visual experience. And really what it happened was like, it just was like, well, the fucking Jaguar warrior first off would start the fucking fire. So I just stood up and I started, I started the fire <laughs> and then other people jumped in and helped start the fire too and stuff like this. But like that's, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden, like, this is great. It's starting to remind me of what happened. We got the fire started and I started contemplating more about what the Jaguar warrior was. And I started looking at the fire and it just like kind of came to me in a whisper, just like a warrior is the defender of truth. And I was like, okay, so what is truth? And we had this conversation before Danny talked about reality uh, and, and uh, it's a lesson that I had learned a long time ago and kind of maybe lost 
thought on it, but it came to me in this experience again. And reality is, our reality is made up of concepts that we put on things, concepts and 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 different ideas or whatever. But they, but what concepts can do is change. We can change concepts however we want. We can adjust our realities to meet different needs um, or whatever, right? But truth never changes. Truth is constant. And that is what a warrior does. A warrior defends truth. It brings truth. It seeks truth. It protects truth. It nurtures truth. And for me, it was about doing that. It wasn't about the psychedelic experience anymore. It wasn't about tripping balls and looking for some crazy answer. It was about doing. So the the entire ceremony for that night was about being a warrior who defends, protects, nurtures truth. And the fire became the representation of that truth for me for the night. Like I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that fire stays the right size so that it nurtures the participants so that it doesn't go out. So I'm going to protect it. Um, and just, you know, and so that's, that, that's what it was. And once I got that realization and I just like was moseying, I was lurking around like a Jaguar, just defending truth, defending what, what I, would see someone potentially telling themselves a lie or going through it. You know, I was trying to be there to be the person that would help pull the truth out of them so that they could see it for themselves. Um, there is an also a really, just really special moment um, between me and Roger where the fire was so cool because it became the ground it became an area where people would leave their attachments behind and their suffering behind and they would make offerings to it and roger had brought a picture of uh dan laird with him and uh i worked on the helicopter with roger for a season as an apprentice and so and dan was my captain plus i worked on that forest and i, I had known him um, cause I worked on that force for like 15 years or so. And, uh, so I knew Dan pretty good and, uh, I'm there, Roger comes up to the fire and I'm standing next to him and he's got his picture in his hand and, and I put my arm around him and I just go, Dan, you're ready, dude. You're ready to put it in the fire. Let's, let's uh, get rid of this. And, uh, he put it in the fire and he knelt down and just he watched and I just had my hand on his back as he's kneeling down I was standing over him and I was watching that picture burn and it just burned in this <laughs> the, like of course the the most perfect way it started on the end where Dan wasn't and slowly burnt all the way down like a candle until it erased Dan off the picture and man it brought up a lot of feelings inside of me that I didn't know I had around that experience like you know, I, I knew Dan, he was, I, I would consider him my friend, but I didn't know him like Roger. And like, I, you know, you, you meet an experience like that at death and you're like, 
I didn't know him as much as these guys. So you remove your emotions from it, thinking that it didn't affect you in some way. And in that moment, I realized that I did have some something there and I started to cry a little bit. And when Roger stood up, I thanked him, said, thank you for that, because I didn't realize that I also had some trauma there. And you doing that was, it let me release that trauma. And we embraced it and it was, it was a really cool feeling. It was a really cool experience between him and I. Um, and man, dude, like <laughs> even just talking about this right now in, in that way, like I hope people listen to this shit and hear these words like and hear and take them very seriously. Like you know, Roger talked about it, thousands and thousands of dollars of different types of clinical help that he was able to get within fucking 45 minutes to an hour, you know, for like, and I'm not saying like, it isn't for everybody. It isn't, but don't discount the reality of what we went through. Like if you're someone who's new to these ideas or new to this kind of talk, like uh, I hope you understand that the situations and the experiences we had were fucking real, very, very, very real. And, um, I will cherish them forever because they have changed me into a, a better version of myself and others too. So uh, him burning burning that picture was just really beautiful. It was really cool. And it was really good to get that release uh, for him and myself. And I have a lot of gratitude for him. It was very special. And then after that, man, it was just like, I just kind of like moseyed around, you know, like I helped another participant out who later became a queen. And like, I was like her Jaguar warrior guy. And like, I, you know, we were just, it was, oh man, it was just like so fun. Like, it was like this very, it was kind of lighthearted in a way, but it was like, it was party-esque. Like everybody played music and we were just there to help each other and help support each other. And I had some, some of the most beautiful conversations just about existence and life. And um, that night was something else, man. I, uh, trying to recreate that in everyday life is something I'm striving for. Wow, man. Oh my God, there's so much there to unpack, right? But, but I want, want to go back to I want to go back because me and Roger kind of skimmed over the queen as well, that event. And I think it's super important to paint the picture for people because that was, I think, one of the most beautiful things I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And, and I want to share my perspective. I want to hear yours because it was really, there was one participant that was struggling. She, she hadn't quite unlocked yet you know there was there was something still there was work to do there was work happening right it was kind of rough there was a lot of purging still like she was going through a lot and there was like you said kind of this communal like we're having a good time there's more music there's all these conversations like beauty around her and I have no idea how it got instigated but it was like somebody just knelt down was just like queen how can I support you and then the next thing, there was like two people on their knees, like, Queen, how can I support you? Then the next thing, the entire ceremony, every single person was knelt down in front of this person, like, Queen, how can we support you? And just thinking about it makes me want to cry because it's so like, oh my God, in that moment, like, 
there's, I don't know, 15 people now, like queen, how can we support you? Like what song can we play you? Do you need tissues? What incense do you want? Do you want more fire? Do you want some tea? What about fruit? Like queen, what do you want? And I think this may have lasted 35 to like 30 to 45 minutes of just everybody serving this one person. And it actually like, it helped her actually break through. Like she stood up, she went closer to the fire. She started laughing. Like it actually helped her break through that piece that she, she was working through. And it was just like, whoa, man, so big, so big, right? Dude, uh, yeah, I mean, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember exactly how we started calling her a queen, but yeah, someone knelt down. Yeah, it might've been Melissa even. Just was like, how can I serve you? My queen, my queen. And everybody's like, yes, my queen. And then she stood up. And we like put uh, like a blanket over. So it looked like a queen's like cloak that like flowed into the ground, you know, and like, and everybody was like worshiping her and like it, you, it might sound super ridiculous. And it was, it was totally ridiculous. And it was kind of meant to be ridiculous. Like we were all laughing and it was hilarious. Right. And even she, and she was as well, but it was also extremely empowering because that is exactly what she needed because she was. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but from my perspective, what I was seeing was a lack of self-worth and she needed to understand that she is a fucking queen. She is a queen and she needed to hear that. And that you could see it turning. Finally, she was finally getting the healing that she needed. Like the confidence was coming back. You could see the smile starting to appear on her face and she was starting to understand that she is. A queen you know it's so beautiful like that that moment was so cool it did lasted like 45 minutes dude we just like worshipped this person that needed to be worshipped dude i i that's just one of the most beautiful moments of my whole life man just just it was so powerful and um i just I, I, it's just, I, it's speechless. I'm just speechless. Just thinking about it. There's no other words I can say about it. It's just, I'm speechless. Um, that same night, and this is just for me to share. I, I remember there was this one moment, Danny, the shaman was, was, he, he was a little bit, he was in the medicine and Danny is a master. So he can serve, he can do whatever he can serve people when he's in the medicine. Right. But he was having a moment by himself. Like he finally got to rest. Like Danny had been working so hard, but he was resting and he was just laying on a mat on the ground. And I remember I just, I, I went and laid my head on his chest and just like listened to his heart. And he was just like, like rubbing my back. And it's just like the most beautiful, like father experience or more brother experience, but it was just like so much love, like brotherly love that it was just like, um, really powerful like really really powerful and I think that that was the feel of the entire night was like giving each other love like we needed like we have been craving like like it's so hard to find that in society right like you would never see that happen on the fire line right like that's just weird but it happened here and it was so visceral and it was so important and I think that was that was kind of the the whole thing of that night was the brotherly sisterly love on all aspects it was wild man yeah dude i think uh for sure i was just thinking about like 
you know, this, this whole experience, you know, like, uh, it really, it, it shatters the walls of, of what's going on. Like some people might think like, what dude, you wouldn't go lay your head down on some dude who's fucking kind of take a nap and he's petting your back. Like that's really kind of strange, but it's not dude. It's so not like, it's, it's like you're breaking down the barriers of what it means to exist with your fellow humans and like, and really connect and, uh, and really like understand what the meaning of love is right i talked about earlier about how love is what is connecting all of us together it's the thing we're searching for constantly it's the gold at the end of the rainbow we're constantly looking for love it's the one thing we're all trying to obtain and in during that ceremony there there was so much love being shared with people and walls being broken down so that people could experience love that haven't experienced love for a long time. Um, and uh, it's, like I said, I don't have words for it either. I, I'm just like in my mind right now, just like remembering what it was like during a lot of those aspects during the night. And it was fucking powerful, dude. There was one, there was one other very important moment, one that I, I wrote down that I really wanted to make sure. <clears throat> I mentioned is so during that night if you wanted more I uh, you could go ask for it and I remember um getting to a spot or a moment where I was like yeah I kind of want some more I, uh, I saw Danny work his way over to the altar and I was like okay I'll go cruise over there now I was like Danny could I get another um glass of I or a shot of Aya and he said sure man yeah absolutely brother he always called me brother everybody um and so he gives it to me and he says, before you take it, before you take it. And I was like, okay. He, he grabs this bleached coyote skull off the altar and he shows it to me. And he's like, you know what this is, right? And I was like, yeah, it's the coyote. And we've been talking about it. I think one of the participants brought it. And I was like, and he's like, you understand what the coyote is and like what it is. I'm like, yes, the coyote is the trickster. And he's like, exactly. Look into your life and every aspect of your life and see where the trickster is playing tricks on you because the jaguar does not play tricks and he and he i was like dude that shit fucking hit me like a pound of bricks dude i just like was like oh my god dude like i cannot believe i was just like so it just dumped me right into like introspective thought an observation about just like all the aspects of my life where i've let the trickster run around all the all the lies and tricks and things that I've been telling myself and I just made a commitment that I was never going to do that again it's like I'm not doing that shit like a warrior does not play tricks they are the they are this they are the seekers of truth and you will fight that little coyote bastard off like and so to me that was like that was one of the most influential moments of the entire trip for me is recognizing where the coyotes play tricks on me and if you want to be the warrior you got to stop that stuff oh my gosh ben so beautiful i love that moment so much and and i i think gosh if there's anything else please share but i think one of the and this is maybe fast forwarding a little bit but i think 
what else, what happened the next day, maybe, or maybe it was that night, Danny had this most beautiful Jaguar piece that he was, it's like an instrument, but it's also a sculpture. And I remember him giving that to you at the end of the retreat. And uh, there it is, man. Oh my gosh. Like you got to play that for us here in a second, but that was so special for him to give that to you. Like he, he really worked hard to get that piece for his altar and, and he was so excited about it. And when he gave it to you, it was just so, I think I ended up crying because it was just so, such a powerful moment, such a powerful moment, man, just to see that like you, you have become a Jaguar. That was, that was kind of the, the, what I, what I saw in Danny of giving that to you. So I would love to hear kind of what that was like for you. Yeah, dude, when he handed this off to me, I was pretty shocked, you know, like, I, I think I was explaining to him, it was before we started taking medicine, I was just explaining like how I wanted to be the Jaguar warrior, like, I, I feel like this is the transformation that's happening. And he's like, Oh, give, give me a second. And he goes to his altar and he gives this to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the equivalent of giving like, he's giving you a gift like like beautiful human being like giving you something that he thinks is it's meaningful you know what i mean like it's and i just i don't know it was very special to me and i spent the rest of the i spent a lot of that night running around fucking going doing this <laughs> i think people's like in people's ears and shit uh, when they needed it because they i was playing it and they, anyways so that was it was really cool. It was very special. And I keep it in a very special spot and I see it every day. And uh, it just reminds me of truth and what it means to be a Jaguar warrior, honestly. Oh, that's so amazing, man. And so, so what happens next? I think, um, you know, we can talk about, gosh, there's the ending ceremony that me and Roger talked about, but I'm, I'm kind of feeling like maybe we go into the integration piece and, and kind of like the support there, but yeah, wherever you want to go, man. Yeah. I think, I think what I'll do is I'll talk about the sweat lodge because. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause it, we, actually me and you had a really, like for me, it was a really special moment actually. It was really cool. So please, please share. Yeah, for sure. So like for, for me, uh, basically the entire time I've been there, nothing really challenging has happened to me. You know, it's been for the most part, like incredibly beautiful, like incredibly beautiful. Uh, and just helping people and participating, being there, all the things I've been talking about, like it, the, the entire event has been just very spectacular and easy and blissful. And just like, I don't want it to ever end type of thing. And then we go to the last day and we're going to, do a sweat lodge ceremony with a very old practitioner shaman named Machika, I believe his name was. And uh, he, I was told that he has like ancient ties to like this Aztec heritage and he speaks like the old language and like, just like this type of character, like been practicing 40 years, like the dude's just like as legit as legit gets. So we go on a journey, we get there and the sweat lodge is set up and I've never done a sweat lodge before. And in, in my mind, this is the only time that I put expectations on something or I, I place some sort of like, I try to place some sort of like thought about how it might be expectation, I guess. Uh, and I was like, 
I've done sauna work before. I should have this figured out, you know? And everybody's like, no, it's way hotter. It's way hotter. I was like, well, how fucking hot could a sauna, I mean, how much hotter could it really be, you know? And so we get there and it's like, you think of, if you haven't done this, think of like a, it's like a canvas dome that's very low to the ground. And you kind of climb into this thing. You can't stand up. Like if you, you, you got to crouch down on almost your hands and knees to be inside of this thing. And then there's like a, maybe, you know, two foot ish, maybe not even that, maybe like 20 inch hole in the ground by like, you know, two, three, three, three feet in circumference kind of thing, DBH style. And um, so, and they got outside, they have this giant pile of rocks that they just got piping hot, right? Red, red hot. And so we're standing there getting ready to get in this thing and we're in our bathing suits and whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. I can do this. Like there's this whole ceremonial process. Mashika, the shaman guy, he's got, he's littered with Jaguar tattoos and all this Jaguar memorabilia. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. It's like the old school Jaguar. It's like, this is badass, dude. My buddy, uh, Eddie, one of the practitioners comes up to me and he goes, Ben, you're going to be sitting in, I think what they call Buffalo. I think is what they're calling it. I, I sat, basically what, what happened is, you're going in and there's like an inner circle and an outer circle of people. So there's uh, an outer circle is like closer to the edges of the, of the sweat lodge. And then the inner circle of people are like sitting basically right next to the, the pit where the rocks are getting put in. And so we go in there. Um, I'm the first, one of the first, the, either the first, or the second guy to go into the sweat lodge, all the women go in first. And they start they bring in like three big ass piping red hot rocks they put them in there and they sing three songs i think i remember and they're dumping like roughly five, three to five gallons of water on the rocks so the scene the steam is like coming up and then layering down on top of your head so the heat like really comes down off the top of your head but i'm sitting so damn close to this thing and the heat is just like on top of my chest too so i'm just like getting hot and it's getting super intense. I'm like, Ooh, okay, man, this is really hot. But I just like, keep telling myself, you can just breathe man. just breathe. You're good. And I just like, I start getting really psyched up. I'm like, I'm just going to harness the energy of this fucking Jaguar, this power that I got in the beginning, you know, I'm going to use what has been taught to me. And I'm, I get this power. I'm like, got my, my adrenaline's kind of pumping. I'm just like, fuck yeah. And I'm like, bring it on, you know, like keep bringing it on. They sing the three songs. The door opens up, they bring in three more rocks or whatever. They sing three more songs and it's starting to get hot, dude. So now I'm starting to get pretty uncomfortable. And like that power that I had was starting to fade a little bit. And I was like, man, I don't know if I, this is really starting to get pretty damn uncomfortable for me. My heart was like throbbing. They tell you not to take super deep breaths. So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to slow my breathing down. I'm trying to breathe very slowly through my nose. But dude, I was, my heart rate was just jacked. And uh, I was like, man, I, I'm, this is getting stupid, uncomfortable. At one moment, I like looked back at Eddie, who was sitting right off my left, just barely behind me. And I was like, man, do you guys want to switch? <laughs> and he's just like, no, he's like, stay up there. And I was like, God damn it. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, man, just, you just got to take this, dude. You just got to fucking man up and do this thing. And I'm sitting there, I'm just like, heat just coming in and then the door opens up again after three water on the rocks and then it starts to rain uh which was pretty crazy we should talk about that we can circle back to that later but it starts to rain and uh which was pretty cool uh the rain's coming through the tent and it's like hitting your skin it's like pretty hot 
and I'm just like, I'm suffering basically at this point. I'm having, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on my breathing. I'm really trying to stay present, but the heat was so fucking intense that my heart just kept getting more jacked. Uh, even the, even when I was trying to slow it down and then eventually I like fucking straight past the fuck out. Like I fell backwards. I remember like falling backwards and I landed in your lap or somebody's lap. Somebody was sitting behind me. I thought it was maybe you, but maybe not. I fell back and just like completely like laid out. And then I kind of came to, and I had no energy whatsoever. And like, I just was like reaching towards the door. Like just someone grabbed my arm and pulled me out of this thing. And like, nobody uh, did that obviously. Um, And I was like, Oh my God, dude, like, this is fucking nuts. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like all you wanted, all I wanted to do was get out of that thing. And then I realized that's not going to happen until it's over. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then dude, like just, I, I hit all of a sudden it was getting, again, I was really miserable. And then I fucking fully blasted off again. Like, like almost ayahuasca style. Like I had this crazy visual experience with the night sky again. And it came in and I was just like, Whoa, but this transformation still isn't complete. Cause I thought it was kind of complete. And he just says, like, hey, man, like, jaguars, they fucking hunt. They do. They're searching for truth. They're doing all this thing. They got all this power. They're doing all this stuff. But they also fucking rest. And you can fucking rest now. And as soon as that happened, dude, I just, my, my breath came back to me. I just got super euphoric. And I just, like, I could have almost taken a nap. Like, my breath came back. My heart rate went way back down. And I felt awesome. And I was just like, damn, I'm, I am, I'm fucking tired. And the lesson that came out of that was really specifically for me was just like a lot of the things that happen during this experience is sometimes I, I can relate them to just existing for everybody. But for this one was for me, it's like, man, I spend way too much time just like constantly with the gas pedal down, like full core press all the time. Like I have to like, constantly be i'm very driven to be the best version of myself to a fault to a point where it's taxing my body and it's like you got to slow down sometimes dude it's okay to rest it's okay to take a fucking break and that was the reminder i needed was it's it's good man you're 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 pushing you're driven you want to do things but it is also okay to say i'm gonna take a break today Oh my gosh, dude. So powerful. Yeah. In that moment, I remember like you were just, <clears throat> just like calling out, like, let me out of this. Like, please, like you weren't screaming by any means, but you're just like, please, I, I got to get out of here. And, and that's when you fell back and into my arms. And like, I just laid your head down and it was just like, holy shit, dude, the sweat lodge broke Ben. Like it broke him down. Like, this is so awesome. Like, I'm so happy for him that he's finally hit like a threshold that's that's big. And of course, like I'm struggling too, man. That sweat lodge that Mashika pours is hot. Like it's hardcore, man. There's no, there's no words to express how miserable and hardcore it is. And it pushes you. But when you get out, you feel so amazing. And, and it was just an honor, man. Just an honor to support you in that moment. And it's a moment I'll always remember. It's just like, dude, I, I, I got to hold the Jaguar's head, you know, like that was fucking rad. <laughs> right. 
And uh, yeah, it was just such a beautiful way to end everything we had gone through was that sweat lodge ceremony. And, and just like you said, when you see Mashika, it's just like, you're speechless. That dude just makes you speechless. Like there's no, there's literally no words. Cause he's so, you can just see the power in his physiology. Like that dude is power. They're just like straight power. And um, I actually had the honor of watching Mashika work on Danny and that was really cool to watch. Just watching the two shamans work on each other or, or um, she could work on Danny. And it was just so, wow, man. Maybe he'll tell that story someday, but <clears throat> so where else are we gonna go, Ben? What else we got? You know, man, shoot, I feel very complete actually. I mean, I think besides, you know, just like touching on, you know, it, it all wraps up and you come back and there's integration work after that. And you start to realize that, I mean, we spent, uh, uh, the, after the sweat watch stuff, we spent a good amount of time integrating with the practitioners and the participants and just like, you know, you kind of, it's kind of easy maybe to place the practitioners, um, specifically some of them in kind of like this, really high up on this pedestal because they have so much experience and they're powerful human beings and shit and they showed us some beautiful emotion and vulnerability and really told us how much that they loved us these foreigners from another country coming to their land and like just like expressing their love and gratitude for the changes that they also received during it. And I, I, I heard that shit fucking damn dude, that shit was, that was a really special moment for me too. Just you make these connections with these people and it was just, it was so cool how the medicine brought us together like that. And, uh, you know, and, you know, sharing the stories and yeah. Yeah, the integration side of that was really cool. And then and the offering of, like, everybody was just like, we're here for you. After this, we are still here for you. Like, you are my brother, you are my sister. And, like, that, those words weren't just said. They were, like, meant and felt. So that was really neat. And uh, the next piece of that was just <laughs> the transformation that all the participants had. Smiles, laughter oh my God, like, I can't believe, like, just all the great things, you know? Um, and that's really cool. And then there are a lot of conversations around, like, what to potentially experience next, you know? Like, there's a, I, I was really happy to have been able to share some of the things that I've experienced post-medicine, post you know, some of the pitfalls that you can, traps you could potentially fall into. And, and now we're integrating, you know, like now we're back stateside and we're calling each other as much as we can. And we're uh, talking about these things and we're trying to get people to um, learn how to apply uh, uh, what they've learned in their life. But for sure, everybody's changed, you know. Yeah, that's for sure. Everybody has been changed on a cellular level, I think, like just your entire being is changed by this kind of experience. And um, gosh, man, I, I think, I mean, 
what would you say to somebody that's interested in coming to the next retreat? And also, I think specifically we're looking in June and we really want to focus on the fire spouses, like the people that are serving at home, the family, the chores, the doing everything behind the scenes to allow that firefighter to go away for six months. Like those people have trauma too. And, and that's kind of what me and Melissa have been talking about is, is like that family unit or friends or acquaintances of the firefighters that have the, that are going through stuff too, because it affects everybody in the whole family. Right. And so, but anyway, I want to get your take on like, what would you say to somebody that wants to come down or is thinking about it or just what's your message, brother? Yeah, I think, I mean, again, if you hear this story, if you hear Roger's story, if you hear someone talk about an experience and it, and it sounds like it's calling you, like it's, it's really, then you need to lean into it. Um, it's scary. I don't think there's a participant that showed up for the first time that hadn't done it before that didn't have some level of fear because it's not, but I'll say this, it's not the fear of doing the medicine. We all, people might think that, but that's the fear that people are worried about. It's not the fear of the medicine. It's the fear of confronting the things you refuse to let go. That's the thing we're all scared of. It's, it's not the, it's not the medicine. It's the confronting your attachments, the things that are troubling you. Um, but that stuff's necessary to grow. It really is like, and, and I, all I could say is this, if you are interested in, in doing something like this and you're struggling with, um, what, you know, anything, and this seems like a potential option for you. All you have to do is reach out to Thomas, to Melissa, myself, uh, go to the Wildland Wellness Foundation page and reach out to them and just ask questions. There's no, there's no mandatory commitment. Like ask questions and see if it's a good fit for you. Um, and if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But if you're curious, just reach out. Uh, if you are motivated to, if you're in immense amount of suffering and it's every day is a struggle to exist, this is a potential option. There's a lot of people out there that have tried everything and everything still isn't working. This could work. This could work. All you need to have is a willingness to let go. Oh, that's beautiful, Ben. And I think um, something that comes up for people, I want to go back to the fear a little bit, is, is the fear that it might work. And what does that actually mean? I think that's a big one. Like, what if this does work? And what does that mean for like who I am? And, and it's big, man. And I think no matter how many times you've done journeying or psychedelics or deep meditation or transformation work, it's there's always apprehension going into a journey, how experienced you are. Like, it's just, it's just, it's part of the energy building. Like for me, there's no fear or anything. It's just like, there is the apprehension or nervousness or energy that's building, right? Just because it's like when you're about to step on a plane 
like that's not very comfortable right it's just not comfortable but you know you're safe you know you're you're gonna go to a beautiful place you're gonna step off the plane and be in hawaii or wherever you're going and it's just it's uncomfortable man but on the other side is wow the other side is so big like so much bigger than you even thought possible and um I don't know, man. What else is there? I, I feel like we're pretty wrapped up here, but any like kind of final thoughts or anything you want to leave the listeners with? No, I just think I think this is this is really good stuff. I think that um these conversations are super important. Uh, we talked about the sharing of perspective, but it's also breaking down all the stigmas and all the all the crap that we associate, the labels that we associate with these experiences, and, and not just these experiences, but we're also breaking down the barriers of what it means to be a fucking human and, and reclassifying the human that does also firefighting. Like let's, let's figure out what it, what it means to do that successfully. Um, and there's a lot of people out there like you who are listening to this. Like I was like you, if you're struggling or whatever, you know, um, but, but, uh, Man, there's a lot of love out there for you to, to experience still. And uh, your, your place to your part to play in this existence and this experience is very fucking important. And I very much hope that uh, I get to meet any of you someday and share an experience like I just had with seven other people, or actually more than that, down in Mexico. I hope, I hope to do this again with someone else. Any, any of the people listening so really i don't have anything but a massive gratitude towards you thomas and being able to provide this space for us to share this stuff the the ability to tell our stories uh that's it goes beyond just sharing perspective but telling our stories is also important too so um so i i just thank you for that as well and uh, god love love for you dude man yeah we have a lot of love for each other after what we went through so thank you thank you so much thank you for sharing thank you for being so vulnerable and and sharing your curiosity and just sharing everything man that you've been through because uh just such a big transformation and and uh, like i said it's 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 hard to even talk about this stuff so it's awesome just to take the time just to try and unwrap it even i mean what has been almost two months now and it's still like it's hard to talk about it's hard because it's there's it's speechless we're all speechless um and i think you know one of the things too i want to share is that that for people if they maybe just want to get involved like we're always looking for logistic people or support or donations like there's so much you can do to support this not just coming down to ceremony or retreat, right? So, so I just want to share that with people. Of, of if you're interested in even just supporting in any way possible, please, please reach out to us. Um, ben, brother, just again, thank you. That's all I got. I feel complete. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope this is interesting and powerful for you, and I hope your gears are turning into possibilities of alternative health alternative healing for wildland firefighters so that's what's it about man it's it's about healing as a culture what's up dude mm -hmm. what's up mm -hmm.